broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Midtown Business Radio. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's CW. Thank you for checking out the Midtown Business Radio Show. On this week's episode, I continued my monthly series with Now Account. CFO Archie Jones stopped by to talk about women-owned enterprises, and he introduced us to two very cool entrepreneurs. Marie Hunter is the CEO and co-founder of KRG Oil Company, and Kenzie Biggins is founder and CEO of Uniquely Virtual. KRG Oil Company is a bulk fuel and petroleum products company serving last mile and on-site delivery to a wide range of small and mid-sized companies with fleets of equipment, generators, and other needs where larger fuel companies cannot effectively operate. And Uniquely Virtual is a virtual assistant company that is leveraging technology together with a team of productivity partners and a hyper-focus to customer service. They offer a great solution for semi-retired executives or other professionals who operate as contractors and consultants who don't have built-in assistant resources. Here's Marie talking about starting their company with her father and how she's been able to leverage the ready access to AR capital that she gets as a now account client to gain new fuel clients for her company and meet their needs. My father was actually at the time trying to figure out who he was going to help him restart his fuel business. And I said, hey, you're looking at the person (laughs) because we know that you don't need to go that route again. I'm your daughter. I'm not going to do you wrong, (laughs) quote unquote. So I learned the fuel business. I said, you got to tell me everything about it. I went to conferences. I went to old customers and he kind of told me how the the other company used to operate. And I said, well, look, we, we need to operate better and more efficient. I realized there was not a very great infrastructure in place. And I said, we're going to operate this thing correctly. And I felt that this would be an opportunity for me to create a legacy for my family. And it was in an arena that I knew people like me really weren't. There's not a lot of women in the fuel business. So I kind of took that on as a challenge and I kind (laughs) of liked it. This was in 2009. I started the end of 2008 and 2009, February KRG was born. And it's really just my kids their initials and my father's <laughs> but That's i recently had one so i got to figure out what to do with him <laughs> <laughs> and son so. <laughs> but yeah it was it was born just out of i need to help this is bigger than me this could be a great thing for our entire family my father had two grandsons and i said we need to figure out a way that this could be a part of our family for generations to come and i'm going to help you do it you know i said well before how long was your other supplier giving you seven days 10 days. So so if I give you 30, sounds great. Can you give me 60? Yes, I can. (laughs) (laughs) And then it just becomes so different. And the, the issues that I have chasing down for money, because fuel is not, it adds up very fast, Mm -hmm. easily earn the 10,000s of dollars within two weeks Mm -hmm. to give them the peace of mind that I have a little longer to pay this than the seven or 10 days. it's, It's been great. Our relationships have been great. I think that being able to offer this has really helped catapult my business. I just feel very confident now when I go into something and they need extended terms. Now, there are some companies that are corporate. They want longer terms and they're not paying extra. But because I have now count, the cash flow is better. So I'm actually able to take on those customers too. 
everybody wins. And here's Kinsey talking about how Uniquely Virtual got its start. Check it out. So I had a previous company, Uniquely Defined. Obviously, we like the word uniquely. (laughs) That's unique. (laughs) (laughs) So I had this previous company and focused on training small businesses on how to use social media nonprofits, really focusing on businesses who couldn't afford big agency help. And I mean, the idea for the virtual assistant has always been something in the back of my mind. It actually goes back to when I was an undergrad and social media didn't exist. The internet was still very new. And every summer I would come home and my parents would make me their personal assistant. (laughs) And I thought to myself, if y'all need this help, other people do. But like I said, the internet was new. There was no real way to offer it. So once I started the social media agency, you know, you do one thing on the internet. People think you know everything about the internet. So the idea kept coming up. So it had been playing around with it, but it was really, it presented itself in a very organic way. And to have somebody say, you start, I'll be your first client. Now, why does the retired executive need an, an assistant? So here's the question. Does anybody <laughs> really retire anymore? I, so. I mean, yeah. there's 75 million baby boomers retiring in the next five years. So what does that mean for the job market? What does that mean for retention of intellectual property within all of these companies? So now you have executives who are quote unquote retiring, who I call them transitioning executives, who are now going on and number one, becoming contractors within their companies, mm. but they're making them contractors and taking away their support, Mm -hmm. which means you have a bunch of retired executives missing meetings, not turning in their expenses on time, just lots of little things (laughs) sliding between the cracks. And then they're still sitting on corporate boards or going on to run major foundations or going on to become consultants. So they still have very real life things that are happening, but they've never necessarily had to manage that on their own. Talk about the breadth of the suite of services that you provide through Uniquely Virtual. Yes, our motto is as long as it's not illegal, we'll figure out a way to get it done for you. (laughs) (laughs) Which you'd be surprised, but some people try to slide in there. Like the devil wears product. I'm in Miami in a hurricane. You got to get me out of here. Right. I mean, we, we, one of my funniest stories was literally it was like 4 p.m. on a Friday and we had a client call us because they needed a box cat tractor delivered to like the outskirt boonies of Georgia by 5 p.m. that evening. And we're like, okay, it's 4 p.m. on a Friday. Who's still open? Who's going to deliver it in time for you to do the service project tomorrow morning? And literally, since we have a team of people, we were able to pull four people, including myself, sitting there Googling all of the places that had Bobcat tractors that they could deliver to this area and begging people and bothering with people. And we ended up actually with two people at the end of the day and ended up getting it delivered. Now you got two... you got two bids and right. all the <laughs> so we were able to get it to the client but i mean one thing i say every day is a new day luckily i have a team of people who are really dedicated to their clients because they build these relationships where blood sweat and tears walk across hot coals for our clients so i'm very thankful for my team and their ability to get things done but it's also being able to have a group of people who are willing to stop everything to pitch in and help their team member get it done and get it done right Stick around. I got the full interview with Marie Hunter and Kenzie Biggins coming up next. Good afternoon, everyone. It's C.W. Hall, your host here on the Midtown Business Radio Show. Thanks for making us a part of your day today. We've got a special guest in the studio. We've been doing a series every month with the folks from Now Account and uh, their CFO, Archie Jones, joins us in the studio. He's been here a couple of times over the past year or so. Good to see you. Nice to have you in studio. And today we're talking women-owned enterprises. That's right. And actually, women disruptors. So we've got a couple uh, close friends of Now Account, women who are disrupting their various industries, two CEOs, one CEO founder. Yes. <laughs> Welcome, Kenzie. Thank you, Archie. And the president and CEO. 
Mm-hmm. Marie Hunter. Uh, I thought maybe you guys would introduce yourselves in your business, and uh, we'll kick off from there. Sounds right. like a plan. You want to take it away? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Marie Hunter, president and CEO of KRG Oil Company. Our wholesale petroleum company, we sell basically small amounts of petroleum products and accessories to companies that need them in bulk, but the larger companies can't get to them. So we actually specialize in the smaller gallons in that arena. And the reason why that that would make sense is because you're saying a, a larger company is the quantities that we're talking about aren't interesting to them. They don't find it economical enough to, to deliver or transport that's exactly right. Okay. So when you go to a gas station, sometimes you might see those large cylinder trucks pull yeah. up and they're pumping into the ground. Our equipment is about a quarter of that. Mm-hmm. So those those pieces of equipment, they typically carry anywhere from 7,000 gallons plus, And we specialize in anything under 4,000 gallons. So if a customer calls us and they're like, hey, can you bring me 600 gallons? We're like, yes. <laughs> we'll yes. be there this afternoon. Yes, we will be there. Where uh, another company, they're they're not going to do that at all. They're going to actually laugh. And probably hang up. <laughs> so, is it going to be like solo entrepreneurs in the fuel business? I guess like small gas stations and and who's their customer base for you? The customer base variety: landscapers, construction companies. We even fill the generators at a hotel hmm. because those generators actually burn diesel. And they only, some of them hold about 250 gallons or so. Ice companies, we sell to a lot of truckers though. A lot of truckers because they have fleets. So when they're hauling, when they're hauling dirt or rock or whatever they're hauling back and forth, their fleets need to have those smaller gallons because those pieces of equipment usually have about 50 gallon fuel tank. Sometimes it's both sides. They might have 75 gallon, 50 gallon, but they, they have to have those filled up. So it's all of the smaller quantities. I was looking on the website. You were doing some things in biodiesel and, and other like lubricants and things like that. So who would be a consumer for those types of products? Biodiesel, mainly for anybody that wants to go green and they prefer to use biodiesel and the government. Lots of biodiesel customers would be military. They get incentives that they want to use biodiesel. And then there's just some regular customers that, you know, they're kind of hippie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're like, I don't want to, I don't want to use that stuff. I want to use biodiesel. It's just basically, and I mean, grease that, I mean, cooking oil, you know, it's, it's like the components of that. If we actually wanted to use it in our cars, we could. But there's just so, I'm not going to get into that. (laughs) I'm going to leave that alone. As efficiently as some of the other fuels, though? Mm -hmm. It's very efficient. There is an issue at times with the viscosity when it gets cold. Um, But there are ways and treatments that you can buy to kind of prevent the coagulation for the components of that. Um, But it it burns very well. It's it's clean. It's good for the environment. That's awesome. So from what I understand, your father actually started KRG Oil. Talk about the the background. How did you get to where you are? You you, you look fairly young. So Thank here you, you are, <laughs> CEO of the family business. Talk about the history of Well, KRG Oil was started by me. My father had a previous fuel company. I see. Ah. And he did actually really well. 
he did very well in that business. And because of a bad partnership, he let it fold. And at the time, I was actually working for a textile company and I got laid off. And I felt like I've put in all this time to this other company, why not invest it in myself? And my father was actually at the time trying to figure out who he was going to help him restart his fuel business. And I said, hey, you're looking at the person because <laughs> we know that you don't need to go that route again. I'm your daughter. I'm not going to be wrong, right. <laughs> quote unquote. So I learned the fuel business. I said, you got to tell me everything about it. I went to conferences. I went to old customers. And he kind of told me how the, the other company used to operate. And I said, well, look, we, we need to operate better and more efficient. I realized there was not a very great infrastructure in place. And I said, we're going to operate this thing correctly. And I felt that this would be an opportunity for me to create a legacy for my family. And it was in a arena that I knew people like me really weren't. There's not a lot of women in the fuel business. So I kind of took that on as a challenge. And I kind of <laughs> liked it. Now, how long ago was this? This was in 2009. I started the end of 2008 and 2009 February Carriage was born. And it's really just my kids. It's their initials. And my father's. <laughs> but That's I recently had one, so I got to figure out what to do with him. <laughs> <laughs> and son. So. But yeah, it was, it was born just out of, I need to help. This is bigger than me. This could be a great thing for our entire family. My father had two grandsons, and I said, we need to figure out a way that this could be a part of our family for generations to come. And I'm going to help you do it. That's fantastic. So what was the hardest part about that launching into business, you know, in a business like this, I mean, how much equipment do you have to have? Are you able to, I don't know if outsource is the right word, but maybe lease or do some things where you don't necessarily have to come with a fleet of trucks or. Yeah, we actually did. Yeah. Expensive. We started off leasing. Mm -hmm. We started off leasing. We got in contact with some old customers that my dad had and we just leased. And then when we built up enough revenue, you're not going to believe this, but I actually took a tax return. <laughs> Me and my husband's tax return. My dad's old fuel truck was still at a yard in Atlanta. And we went down there and said, can we buy this back? <laughs> and it was, just sit it was just sitting there. And he said, yeah, it was incredible. We took our mechanic down there and he had the keys, cranked it up. And I said, oh my gosh, she's just been waiting for us to come get her. <laughs> exactly. So that was the first one you owned for the business. That was the first one. Yes. And she is now in the equipment graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like renewable energy. Now, you recycle that truck that you see on the on the website. Is no, that the, that, no, that's actually the newer one that oh, we have. Yeah, <laughs> we were able to use. I mean, that truck. We called her Bessie. She was so old, but man, she hooked us up for the time that we needed her. And then we got a newer truck. It had way more features. It was better. It could actually go to the fuel terminals because we were just pulling off of people's yards. We were pulling our supply. And the more we grew, we said, oh, we can't do this because you're kind of, you lose some money doing that. Is Just, that because it's a step further away from its source? Then there's another cost in there, I guess. Yep. Once you change that equipment, it actually goes up in price and it's a totally different piece of equipment. But we knew that we had to get there in order to get to the next level. That's what we did. We got another one. We grew the business enough to be able to get another one. And with family support, we got Dixie. It was Bessie. That <laughs> is Dixie. So when you look at the landscape, you talked about you thought you might see some opportunities for you. I mean, where were those opportunities? In, in this space, it would seem that commoditization is the battle. Someone's like, well, XYZ company will get it to me for 12 cents less per gallon. So that's where I'm going. Is it? it I mean, where, where are the opportunities there for you to really carve out that you're the company that somebody wants to be with? Honestly, it's just our customer service. And I know that sounds like such a cliche. But it really is. 
we are not going to always be the cheapest. And sometimes we are. But we give the best service. I mean, if you want to do business with us, you are going to feel warm and fuzzy inside after you leave that meeting. Because we want to make sure that when we're servicing you that it creates the loyalty factor because you have to you have to like who you're in business with. Fuel is such a sucky thing to buy. It's a it's a commodity <laughs> that everybody hates to buy. I I don't like to buy gasoline. I just mm-hmm. can't stand it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing goes with diesel in that arena. Most people, it's just it's an evil that we can't escape. You're literally burning up money. Yes, that's what you do. <laughs> so if you have to spend all of that money with us, we want to make sure that your experience is as great as possible. Because there's also no contracts in this business. If you're not dealing with a municipal business or the government, there's no contract. I really, you don't go down to QT and they say, hey, sign this contract. You know, make sure you don't go down the shelf. So the way we treat everyone is how we've been able to keep going and grow. We keep the loyalty factor going. I mean, I make sure that I check on everyone that everyone's checked on and not we're just not going to come and drop the fuel off and say goodbye we're going to say hey we saw that you know your equipment's a little low down there one of your your tires is where we make sure that we really take care of them in all aspects because if they can't run efficiently guess what we can't sell either so we try to make sure that we go above and beyond customer service if they have kids we make sure, you know, their kids are getting a gift or just say hello, happy birthday. If we find out, you just have to make sure that you care about the people that you're dealing with. Sometimes the fuel business can be very cold. It's very transactional. And we felt that that was not the way we wanted to go. So it allowed us to really create a niche for ourselves and everyone that we deal with. We've been talking with Marie Hunter, president and CEO of KRG Oil Company, a family-owned bulk fuel and petroleum products service company here in the Atlanta area, learning about how they got their start. Her dad was in the business for a number of years and then ultimately closed that business, but then they started a new one together uh, in the family this time and now building their business as, as Marie was talking about in a place that can be relatively devoid of relationships sounds like that's kind of become the foundation for you and and the relationship that you have and it sounds like the merchants that you're dealing with and the businesses that you deal with tend to be that small to mid-sized business as well Mm -hmm. so they can probably really appreciate that i would imagine i hope so (laughs) (laughs) i hope so now I, I, before we jumped onto the air, we talked about the fact that you have been a, a client of Now Account, I guess, in, in your space. Then it's not necessarily, we talked about the fact that it's not like you go to the gas station and I pay at the pump and I pay for the fuel I pump out and now I go. You have to actually bill your clients. Yes. And they don't necessarily pay in that due on receipt kind of uh, terms. Sounds like some of them may go slow and you end up having to rely on access to the capital that you get through Now Account, it sounds like. Yes. That's what we do. And unfortunately, I can't confiscate the fuel back, you know, so we had to come up with something, a plan that was really good for us. When we got introduced to Now Account, I was extremely skeptical about it. It just sounded like a factory company. Yeah, that's what everybody thinks. <laughs> it just, it is. Yeah, yeah it, it really did. And I said, oh, I'm not interested because <laughs> the fuel in wholesale fuel, the margins are very tight. Yeah. So I said, nope, it's not going to work. And then I had someone say to me, no, no, you need to give this a chance. You should talk to Laura. You should talk to her. I've said that very same thing (laughs) to a number of people myself, actually, now that I've gotten to know her. Yeah, you just need to talk to her and tell her what's going on. So when I did, that lady is awesome. She (laughs) helped me. I mean, after hours of sitting in someone's office, we were trying to figure out the best way we could do this. She totally figured it out. 
And we've been very aggressive with using now account than when we first started because I'm actually able to just say, hey, you have to buy this fuel. Your projects are gonna start late. They're gonna expect you to fuel up all your equipment, pay your employees, but guess what? You're probably not gonna get a check till next month. So I said, what if I could help you solve that issue and I gave you some time, a little longer to pay? How do you feel about that? Oh, I love that. Well, would you mind paying a fee for it? Slowly kind of move that in there. <laughs> what would you, you know, would you mind? Because I, I have to see how they feel about anything extra. And when some people said, no, I said, well, would you mind paying more per gallon if I gave you longer to pay? Yes, please. I want it. What is this? Sign me up. It sounds fantastic. And I've actually been able to steal some. <laughs> so now for you, how does that work with your terms? One of the things that I've learned over time as I've gotten to know more about now accounting and how they help businesses, it's one of the things that some of the companies that we've talked to have mentioned that you go for some of these large companies, they want longer terms because they can get them basically. And so you're able to extend that out a little bit in exchange for, as you've talked about, you can sell your product at a little bit higher rate and then mm -hmm. obviously offset the what is obviously a pretty minimal cost for right. getting access to now account only two and a half percent. So. It is. It's very minimal. But but like I said, I like to ask first if they mind because it's a mm -hmm. very slippery slope. Yeah, a dollar fifty a gallon does not sound like a dollar seventy five or you know a dollar sixty five. It's like oh, you know. But if if I'm very upfront, I find out it's going to cost you a little bit more. Are you okay with that? Yes, because now they have something to to measure. You know, I said, well, before, how long was your other supplier giving you? Seven days. 10 days. So if I give you 30, it sounds great. Can you give me 60? Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just becomes so different. And the, the issues that I have chasing down for money, because fuel is not, it adds up very fast, mm -hmm. easily earn the 10,000s of dollars within two weeks mm -hmm. to give them the peace of mind that I have a little longer to pay this than the seven or 10 days. It's, it's been great. Our relationships have been great. I think that being able to offer this has really helped catapult my business. I just feel very confident now when I go into something and they need extended terms. Now, there are some companies that are corporate. They want longer terms and they're not paying extra. But because I have now account, the cash flow is better. So I'm actually able to take on those customers too. Everybody wins. <laughs> No one can tell the story better than a happy client. So that's exactly what we're in business to do. And that's what I really like hearing from the merchants themselves to find out how are you leveraging this, this access? Because for some, it's being able to, I remember Laura told a story about one of the companies that she worked with was able to buy the materials they need to manufacture what they sell in a bigger bulk. And so now they're, they're buying their supplies at a lower cost. That's right. And they're making more profit on the, the business that they, they they sell just because they can order in greater bulk because they have the cash. Mm -hmm. You can't stop the innovation of entrepreneurs. They're going to find yeah, a creative right. way to use a solution. And, and, <laughs> the, and the, the cost point that we're talking about at two and a half percent, I mean, it's it's merchant services. Basically, it's it's right in line with taking a credit card for the for the business. So. Less than a credit card. Yeah, yeah. right. Many of them Depending on which card it is. Yes, that's exactly yes. right. That's at the lower end of the scale. So from from being a woman-owned business, and, and you can certainly jump in here too, Kenzie, um, talk about that part of your businesses. How, how is being a woman-owned business versus, you know, dad owning the business, for example, in your case, Marie, how, how does that come into play? And are, have you gone through the process of actually certifying yourselves as women-owned businesses? 
So I'm a certified woman-owned business. This is Kenzie. I'm not sure if you are. Are you a certified woman-owned business? Not yet. So, <laughs> it was and a introduce process. us to your business. Yeah. Yes, so yes. To your business. So my business is uniquely virtual. Um, we are focused on providing virtual executive assistance support. So basically, there was a retiring executive from Coca-Cola, and she lost both of her full-time executive assistants the same day, the week she was retiring. And we were meeting to talk about social media and everything was going off and she was just drowning. And she looked at me and she was like, Kenzie, I need help. And I need help now. I was like, that's so funny. I've been playing with an idea and, you know, maybe we'll focus it around executive assistant support. And she was like, do it. I'll be your first client. Like, get it, get it going. <laughs> so I went to a Starbucks like most entrepreneurs do. And I wrote out my plan and we had a company in less than two months and had her signed up for service. So now we have the service that's very people based. So that whole thing you spoke about as far as customer service goes is extremely important to our business because we're telling people you don't need artificial intelligence you need an actual human. So you're not sitting there pressing zero a million times to get through to somebody, but someone's going to answer the phone for you. Um, someone's going to read your email who can, you know, easily interpret what you're talking about. So not just someone sitting overseas, but someone sitting in the U.S., someone who wants to see you succeed, someone who wants to see your clients succeed. So we have um, quite a few retired executives we work with, quite a few small businesses, and then also nonprofits really love us. Um, it's that whole idea that, all of a sudden they can afford operational support, which they couldn't afford before because to say, I'm going to hire somebody for $50,000 a year. And then I may have, <laughs> you know, healthcare insurance to pay for them and all these other things. We can provide that for them with consistent support. Um, I say all of our team members have backup team members. So our clients don't even worry about vacations or sick days. Somebody's always there to answer their phone. So a lot of what you discuss, so like that, yes, there's a transactional piece because we charge a flat fee each month for their service. Um, but it's not, you know, a drop in the bucket. It's not, you know, Walmart prices or more sex <laughs> prices because of the service that we're offering. So we need for our clients to feel comfortable um, paying for our service, knowing that they're getting great service, but also being able to offer flexible terms, which is why we've turned to now accounts for those small businesses and our nonprofits, um, which is huge for them to say, right. oh, I can have a 60 day turnaround on paying you. So it makes more sense to their board. It makes more sense to people donating to them because coming across unrestricted funds for nonprofits, especially in Georgia, is very difficult. Now, you were talking about the fact that the uniquely virtual business started kind of an opportunity or out of a you saw a need based on a customer and you were discussing social media and that was your focus prior to this was doing social media marketing is that what you were doing yeah so i had a previous company uniquely defined obviously we like the word uniquely <laughs> that's unique <laughs> <laughs> so i had this previous company and focused on training small businesses on how to use social media nonprofits, really focusing on businesses who couldn't afford big agency help and I mean, the idea for the virtual assistant has always been something in the back of my mind. It actually goes back to when I was an undergrad and social media didn't exist. The Internet was still very new. And every summer I would come home and my parents would make me their personal assistant. <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, if y'all need this help, other people do. But like I said, the Internet was new. There was no real way to offer it. So once I started the social media agency, you know, you do one thing on the Internet. People think you know everything about the Internet. So the idea kept coming up. So I'd been playing around with it, but it was really, it presented itself in a very organic way. And to have somebody say, you start, I'll be your first client. 
Now, why does the retired executive need an, an assistant? So here's the question. Does anybody <laughs> really retire anymore? I, so. I mean, yeah. there's 75 million baby boomers retiring in the next five years. So what does that mean for the job market? What does that mean for retention of intellectual property within all of these companies? So now you have executives who are quote unquote retiring, who I call them transitioning executives, who are now going on and number one, becoming contractors within their companies, mm. but they're making them contractors and taking away their support, mm -hmm. which means you have a bunch of retired executives missing meetings, not turning in their expenses on time, just lots of little things <laughs> sliding between the cracks. And then they're still sitting on corporate boards or going on to run major foundations or going on to become consultants. So they still have very real life things that are happening, but they've never necessarily had to manage that on their own. Talk about the breadth of the suite of services that you provide through Uniquely Virtual. Yes, yeah, so our motto is as long as it's not illegal, we'll figure out a way to get it done for you. <laughs> <laughs> Which you'd be surprised, but some people try to slide like in the there. Kind of, I'm, I'm in Miami in a hurricane, you gotta get me out of here. Right, I mean, we, we and I, one of my funniest stories was literally, it was like 4 p.m. on a Friday and we had a client call us because they needed a Bobcat tractor delivered to like the outskirt boonies of Georgia by 5 p.m. that evening. And we're like, okay, wow. it's 4 p.m. on a Friday. Who's still open? Who's going to deliver it in time for you to do the service project tomorrow morning? And literally, since we have a team of people, we were able to pull four people including myself sitting there Googling all of the places that had Bobcat tractors that they could deliver to this area and begging people and bothering with people. And we ended up actually with two people at the end of the day and ended up getting it delivered. They're, they're, now you got two, now you got two bids. And right. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so we were able to get it to the client. But I mean, one thing I say every day is a new day. Luckily, I have a team of people who are really dedicated to their clients because they build these relationships where blood, sweat and tears walk across hot coals for our clients. So I'm very thankful for my team and their ability to get things done. But it's also being able to have a group of people who are willing to stop everything to pitch in and help their team member get it done and get it done right. So what's the relationship like? You mentioned that they basically pay a monthly retainer for your services. How does it flow if I'm if I'm the executive and I'm basically paying my virtual assistant? How does that compare to me hiring somebody and having them, you know, sit in my whether it's my den, office, whatever it may be, but I mean, how does that compare to fully employing somebody versus Definitely. linking up with your service. Yes. Yeah. So the number one thing I like to ask my clients is, do you want somebody walking in and out of your house every day? Or, you know, most small businesses, retired executives, I mean, someone walking in and out of your home. Mm -hmm. So you're having to hire somebody, which if anybody in this room that's hired somebody knows the process of hiring mm -hmm. someone, it's, it's not it's, always the easiest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hiring, training that person, providing equipment for that person, providing resources. And then there's the dreaded vacation time mm -hmm. or sick day, which means you're stuck. I mean, right. You can say vacation week to an executive and you can literally see the fear flare up in their <laughs> eyes. Like, what am I going to do? So we're saying to someone, don't worry about all of that. We're going to take care of all of that for you. Plus, we're going to make sure that you're never without support because you have this backup support team. And we're going to pair you with a productivity partner because we thought executive assistant wasn't really enough to summarize what we do. So we're going to pair you with a productivity partner who nice. is going to spend the first 90 days getting to know you and all your objectives and all of your core goals and really help dig in as far as how we can help you and getting to know you and building that trust factor. And you as the executive know that you have someone who's trained, has that corporate backing behind them. So if something's not going right, you know that you can reach out to my group leader 
and they're going to have a conversation for you or they're going to be overseeing the entire process. So you're not just counting on one person who may say tomorrow, hey, I'm tired of doing this. I'll talk to you later. If we ever had that happen, we're going to replace somebody (laughs) immediately. But I mean, because we have that corporate structure too, our team members stay with us because we provide benefits. We provide the, you know, holiday party. We provide the birthday gift. So they still have that structure and value system. And our model is very much, um, I think, about Southwest Airlines. I mean, it's all about our team member first. We're taking care of our team member. They'll take care of our clients. Everybody's happy. Where are you finding these team members? What are the, what's the profile? So here's the thing. There's still so many people out there that are unemployed. Um, so when you think about people being rehired and being bought back into the workforce, it's not your executive assistants who were laid off during the downturn of the economy. So, mm. so many corporations laid off so many people. They're only bringing back people at more of a management and higher level position. So you still have this. And making them do their own assistant work. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Resources. They're That's basically right. saying, here's a computer and a phone. You yep. can do everything that you had three people right. helping you with before. So there's all this great talent out there that we have been able to capture. And I mean, literally, I can post something on LinkedIn and have 300 resumes by the end of the week. Mm. There are tons of people out there still seeking employment. So we're trying to help fill the gaps, especially around productivity. Um, I obviously nerd out to all of this stuff. So things like we're on the path now where we're going to see a drop in productivity, which will be the first time in history ever, because people have done away with so much central operational means that they had before. So we're trying to pull that back into the workforce without saying you have to go with a temp agency or you have to hire someone yourself. You can just, you know, a flat monthly fee. We're not going to count your hours. We're going to get it done for you. Fantastic. And so what kind of access do I have to my virtual assistant? So, I mean, it all comes down to if you want part-time service or full-time service. So our full-time service is literally 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. Someone's there. We don't count your hours. Someone's there. We don't stop you from the request that you need. Someone's there. And we did it that way because we tried the hourly model. But we found one for the level of service that we're offering and for the benefits that we offer, it was really hard to price it and still make it something that was very accessible to everyone. But also we would have clients who know they needed help with something and would stop themselves because they were scared about going over their hours. So by just doing it flat fee, we're able to give everybody a branded phone line. We're able to pair everybody with a productivity partner and really just focus on how do we make you more productive and help you get done what you need to get done to grow your business or to stabilize your life. So now do I have a dedicated individual that's that's taking care of my work and my schedule and all of that most of the time, except for, as you mentioned, when they need to be on vacation times and things, things like that? Is that how it flows? Definitely. So you have your dedicated person. One of the big complaints we found was you have these systems where everybody goes into a bucket and you have no consistency of work, or you have these systems where you have one person and they're sick or go on vacation, you're completely out of luck. Right. So we took the best of both worlds and said, we're going to give you one dedicated person. That dedicated person is there for you nonstop. So like Mary Lou is someone who's been with the company from the day day that we opened. Um, Mary Lou has a group of clients. They know that they can call on her and count on her for anything that they need. If she's on vacation, she uses one of our backup productivity partners who's trained on how to work with her clients. Um, And even if say she has 20 requests coming at one time, she knows that she can delegate it to the team around her to help her out. So our clients, like I said, are always going to get what they need on time, but they still have that main point of contact who's responsible for making sure that they're happy at all times. Now, that's what I was and and that's what I was going to ask is with your productivity experts that you provide, how many people do they typically support at one time? So normally about five to six people. 
at a time because we find there's an ebb and flow. Right. Um, very rarely does everybody need help at the same time. <laughs> so if we did it all where, you know, they only had one person, they'd spend a lot of boring time and it'd be very expensive for our clients. So by providing help to five people, it means we're able to control the cost for our clients. So I still providing great benefits to our team members. It also means that um, since they have that ebb and flow of work that they do get slammed, they have the backup folks to help them. So a lot of thought around how we balance their time where they can still maintain a really individual personalized relationship with each of their clients and not feel overwhelmed. And we're finding that that five to six number is a great number depending on if the client is full-time or part-time and part-time just means 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. per their time zone. Now, uh, you're uniquely virtual as the company. What, what about, are you brick and mortar or are your folks, they're, they're virtually, they're telecommuting to do their work? Yes. Yeah, so on my Instagram um, last couple of weeks, you'll notice the uniquely virtual just went virtual. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we had everybody in one central location. Um, I started off with a partner, much like your dad. There right. was a rocky situation there. Um, and then I went to just myself and I was running two companies at one time. And I was like, nope, everybody's got to come home. Like I need to be able to see everybody, lay hands on everybody. But then we've reached this point in the last couple of months that in order to continue to grow, to have access to more talent and also meet the demands of more time zones, it means that we need to take our team remote. So literally at the beginning of October, hmm. we took the entire team remote. Um, for us, that means that we sent everybody out with their own phone. It's hooked into their Internet. So they still get the telephone lines through properly. Everybody was sent out with a computer. Um, we actually have a custom software platform that we use to track all of their work and That's the time being spent. That's what I was wondering is if you have some productivity measures, I guess, against, you know, through your like voiceover or Definitely. IP phones so and stuff. So it's one of those things. Um, we talk about that vacation time again. So like if a company were to plug our technology in, there would never be an issue of sick days or vacation because you could always pull and see what the person was working on. So I can go into our platform at any time and see what everybody's working on, you know, what their clients have requested, any correspondence has gone back and forth, even any documents that have been attached mm. back and forth. So really have a great indicator. Um, it's definitely become very key as we've taken the team out and gone remote. So yes, now everybody sits at home. Um, we use the Apple model, which is you cannot work from anywhere you want to. You actually need to have a verified office hmm. that's approved by the company. So we know where you're working. We know that it's a good work environment. And it's a quiet work environment to make sure you can get everything done for your clients. Okay. Fantastic. Now, who who does your client base tend to be? I mean, is there is it small to mid-sized companies? Is it more on the larger enterprise executive? Where do you position yourself? So our focus right now has been on that smaller size. So smaller businesses, nonprofits, retired executives. In the next year, we'll start to venture out more to enterprise models. So um, funny enough, I was telling y'all I just got back from South Africa recently and had a great conversation about an enterprise model with the contact I met there. So that'll be something that we'll start piloting in the next six to eight months. Um, and then long term, we're talking two to three years, we'll probably also license our software to corporations to help them become more efficient in how they look at bringing people back in house. Now, was the was it software that you de developed? Yes. So we actually, um, one day I was sitting there and I was like, okay, listen, if this is going to be your lifeline, you have to find a way to scale this and to make it more than what it is. And with current technology that was out there, it was based on project managers 
it wasn't really based on an assistant trying to assist people. Um, so we partnered with a group in town called Red Tree Labs to build out the software from scratch. So we have mm. a SaaS platform um, that we call Admin Cloud. Very fitting. We wanted nice. CEOs to hear it and say, oh, I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Admin Cloud, and that's how we track everything. And I mean, literally, I can see everything the team is doing. Um, I said while I was on vacation, one of the best things was I could catch up on everything in 10 minutes versus someone having to sort through emails for hours. So That's every day right. I could get a quick grasp of where the team was and what was going on. We've been talking with Kinsey Biggins, the founder of Uniquely Virtual, a virtual assistant uh, business that has done very well based on what you're saying, been able to actually even develop proprietary software to manage that business. And before we really got down into Uniquely Virtual, you mentioned the fact that you are a certified woman-owned enterprise. Talk about what that, you know, what was the motivation for you to go through that process and what have been the benefits now that you've done that? Yep. So I'm actually certified through WeBank and it was actually a conversation with Laura was one of the people had a conversation with. Um, and then a woman named Johnny Booker, who used to be in charge of Coca-Cola um, companies for diversity vendors. So right. had a long conversation about what would be the best way to go, who to consider. Um, and after a lot of research, WeBank really came down as the best place to be certified. Um, I will say it is a process. <laughs> so <laughs> for any um, female business owner who's thinking about doing it, you definitely want to do it earlier in the process than later. Because I could tell from going through the paperwork, the longer you wait, the more in-depth of a process it was going to be. Mm. Um, I mean, In what sense? There's, there's quite a bit of paperwork that's involved. Um, I would say I, I probably spent about 40 solid hours just on doing paperwork to turn around. That's a lot of paperwork. It is quite a bit of paperwork, <laughs> but worth every moment of it as far as what I'm looking at for a long-term payoff from the connections and from um, the training and the coaching sessions, it all makes sense in the end. And it's one of those things where I think they want you to know that you really want it and you want to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like, if you're not willing to work for it, yeah. what's the point? So <laughs> being willing to work for it will then show the greater payoff of everything going on. And Everybody that I've met that's associated or certified with them, I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm in great company. <laughs> you know, flip my hair if it was a little longer. And <laughs> I guess it would be harder. harder yes. To <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, and so you mentioned the fact that you you two are in the process of becoming a, cl a client. Definitely. So it sounds like you give your, your customers some measure of terms as well. Yes. Yeah, so before, and I learned from the social media agency days that um, people need to pay up front. Because when you give people an inch, they'll take a mile. So when we started Uniquely Virtual with the idea that we have payroll to cover, I build everybody exactly. up front yep. in advance, you know, running a credit card that we keep on file for an automatic payment. Um, so I was already paying, you know, 3% just to run a credit card. So then I actually heard someone from the Metro Atlanta Chamber talking about now accounts. And I was like, okay, all right. Like, I, I kind of get it. Then I sat down and met with Laura one day and she started talking about, well, look at it like you have a house account. And I was like, oh, why, why have I not been looking at it this way before? <laughs> like, this makes so much sense to me now. So we're able to really, I can see the huge benefit for our nonprofits, um, but also the small business piece, because we've had a lot of small businesses who wanted to work with us, but they're like, oh, I got to pay up front and let me think about this and think about where the money is right now. So to be able to offer them the payment terms will just make a huge difference in what we can do for them as far as helping them like send their invoices out. Small businesses hate sending invoices. I don't get it. It's it's just 
not in our DNA to do. <laughs> but I mean, just being able to help a business send out um, invoices that they've been sitting on for a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden they do have cash flow coming in. So paying us doesn't seem like as big of a deal anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious for the both of you, you can, you can both chime in on this as far as the, the side where it comes to collecting oh, on, yes. on your invoicing <laughs> that you have or the, your, your, your build services that you have. I mean, how, Knowing that you have this as a backdrop, I mean, your, your revenue is coming immediately, basically. How does that affect your work on the other end of making sure those invoices are in, indeed paid on the other side? Do you still call them every few days saying, hey, we've got to get invoice 10, 10, 10 paid? Or how do you handle that? I would say I still call, but it's not with so much dire desperation <laughs> it, you know before it was like hey um so yeah you need to get this invoice like, now today mm-hmm. um and I, I i'm just a lot more calm with it because what it does is it, it still creates the customer knows they have to pay and they know they're late but what it does is it just creates calm because if you put if you feel if you if they feel like they're backed into a corner to pay you they get analysis paralysis yeah and they just go, I can't pay it. I'm not going to do it. I don't want to deal with them. And then it creates panic on my end as the vendor. So now I kind of go within like if if they haven't paid on time because they still don't mm-hmm. with the whole inch mile <laughs> thing. It's like four miles. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, they still don't. Some are great, but st- some still don't. But I can with confidence and say, hey, let's get that in. You know, I'm going to still give you your fuel. Don't worry. I'm not going to cut you off. But let's just come up with a plan. So now they feel like, okay, I, okay, I, I can pay this. She's not going to kill me. And um, it still preserves our relationship yeah. between vendor and customer. So mm-hmm. it's just not with so much panic. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, because we still have two clients that are paying on the back end of the month instead of the front end. Um, so there'll still be that follow through i have a little calendar reminder that reminds me to send like a hey oh hey what's going on <laughs> yeah hope everything's going well by the way right, right. and <laughs> well, i try, I got you right i try to make it more once again of a productivity partner relationship so them being able to say since they have a very personalized relationship hey just want to send you a reminder that kenzie said the invoices are due soon so you know, just want to make sure if you need me to send off a check for you, because we pay a lot of bills for a lot of people. I want to make sure that's all taken care of for you, because I really, too, want to respect the relationship between the productivity partner and me. And when all of a sudden I just jump in there, clients are like, wait a second, what did I do? What happened? So just trying to honor that relationship. But it's still something where you send that gentle, like, hey, I hope everything's well. Mm-hmm. Just want to make sure you pay your invoice. That'll be lovely. Let me know if you need anything. <laughs> That's, yes. a, that's a great confirmation. We hear that a lot from a lot of clients that it, they still are very much involved in, in collections, but as you can hear, it's a different kind of conversation. And we do spend some time with, uh, the buyers on the other side, and you'd be amazed how that little bit of change in your inflection of, it's not a call of, you know, I need you to pay me so I can make payroll yeah, can versus here's your friendly reminder. Yeah. It also changes their view of you as a supplier because mm-hmm. uh, they think you're bigger or stronger or more financially sound than some other folks who are calling, screaming, saying, you got to help me make payroll every week. Yes, that's a very different call. It's a yes. very different call. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that gets even more uh, testy, I suppose, when uh, payroll is on the line. You got a line of people waiting behind you to uh, to get paid yeah, as well. And we have to pay people That's yes. right. as well. Yeah, yes. you got your own yeah. bills to pay. Yeah, mortgage yeah. and truck. Pay, payments exactly and right. yeah, fuel I mean, payments. I, and I wish I made the fuel myself, right. but I, I don't. I, you know, I have to go pick it up and I have to buy it too. Maybe we should so. work on that. You could really disrupt the market. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking with female entrepreneurs Marie Hunter and Kenzie Biggins on, on our show today and learning about their, their businesses. And when we talk about disruption, I mean, obviously – Going from a person that's sitting in my office and, and hanging out with me to more of a virtual assistant so we can see how that's disrupting. And, and what about you, Marie, and your business? How do you feel like you're disrupting your industry uh, outside of being a woman in a what is often a man's world, I guess, as far as a particular vertical? I would say um, really just how we handle our customers. We The first thing that we like to do is say, hey, how can I help you? Because... If I know that up front, if I know that you've been having a problem and you say, you know what, um, I need you to bring me fuel tomorrow and I show up, they're like, what? She actually <laughs> sent someone to drop on my fuel tomorrow. Was she? And I say, well, isn't that when you asked for it? There is such a um, issue with good customer service and fueling. And there's also an issue with it's just oversaturated. So many people need it. They place an order, they call someone, and they get to them a week later. I mean, it's things that I can't believe. So I think in terms, it's a good disruption because I actually do what I say I'm going to do. <laughs> They're so used to just being tossed to the side or being overcharged for things that aren't necessary. I feel like we've come in and really honed in on their actual need. I'm going to help you. I'm looking that at, at our relationship as a partnership. Not that I'm just dropping off a good to you and I'm heading my way. I really need to know about your business, hmm. care about it, and care about you as a person. And it's just something that's just not happening right now. And we feel like we're doing a great job of, of filling that in. Not to mention, there are no minorities in on-site fueling. And there's a big difference between going and dropping off a product and then being able to drop off a product and fuel up individual pieces of equipment. Hmm. It's go find a minority or a woman. It's going to be very difficult. And I think that we've also being in this arena, we've set, you know, another, a pre another presence there because it's just not, you don't see it. I see more opportunities. Um, somehow there was a contract that came up and said, we need a minority female in fueling and it has to <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> meet the standards or right wow you may not get awarded this contract now i met laura through the the georgia minority suppliers development council gmsdc show mm -hmm. let's talk small business are you also minority owned business in, uh, certified we are we are dbe certified and okay. we are certified through the city of atlanta um, African-American female business, and we are a local small business. So you have then been able to take advantage of some of the opportunities with some of those larger companies then or companies that have some diversity opportunities there so that your, your growing small business can actually interface with those. And Absolutely. Um, we deal with a, a very large client. Um, they're a billion-dollar company, 
And we were able to uh, partner up with them for a MARTA project because mm-hmm. we were a DBE. And and one of the engineers said to me, he says, we literally had no clue you existed until now. Oh, literally. Wow. So our relationship with them has been fantastic. And now this allows us to, to move into different arenas because there was no DBE certified in this line of fueling at all. Well, it sounds like for those folks that may be listening, maybe they're an entrepreneur, um, that if there are opportunities for you to go through some sort of a certification, whether it's a, you know, some sort, one of the you know, disadvantaged uh, enterprise opportunities out there for certification, whether it's women-owned business, veteran-owned business, we've had some of those here as well, or minority-owned businesses, that it's certainly worthwhile, particularly if you're a growing small company, to go through those steps to get yourself into position for some of those opportunities that might not have been able to find you otherwise. So clearly going through those types of uh, DBE type opportunities has gotten you on the map. How else are you all waving your flag out there to say, hey, we're here, we do this? Do you call on people on the phone and say, hey, we, we do this, would you use our service? How do you introduce yourself to your prospective customers i mean i would say a lot of shaking hands and kissing babies um (laughs) (laughs) virtually speaking (laughs) i do a lot of networking um i'll be actually working on my cold calling in the next couple of weeks but i mean quite a bit of customer referrals um and it's amazing like somehow a CEO of a major corporation heard about us. So therefore he referred us to a board member who was retiring. And I'm like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. All right. I'll take it. (laughs) So, I mean, you never know who you're going to touch and who you're going to meet and who they're going to end up telling about your service. So as when you run a company, all of a sudden you become a 24 hour salesperson. And I think it's that part of remembering when you first start off that you are a 24 hour salesperson. So you need to tell everybody what you do and make sure like, do you understand <laughs> what I do? Like yes. the number of times I've had this conversation with my parents, do you understand what uniquely virtual does? Right. I need for you to tell people about it. Um, but it's always letting people know this is what I do. This is what we can offer. These are the type of people we help. So if you know somebody, feel free to share our story or just share my email or my telephone number and have them contact us so we can talk to them and see how we can help them. Now, are there some situations where it might make sense for a business, whether it's small or mid-sized, to actually just outsource that component of their business to your model? Are you scalable enough to be able to handle something like that if they want to do that? Definitely scalable enough. And that's what we're trying to encourage people to do. I'm actually um, working on an infographic right now talking about the cost of hiring someone. So it's kind of people think, oh, you know, hiring someone, no biggie. But then you get into the little cost, like... Oh, a parking space. Like, okay, we're in the city of Atlanta. People have to park somewhere. And, oh, an actual physical desk for them to sit in. And who knew that office chairs cost so much? I mean, it's all the little expenses add up over time. Um, So we tend to save companies about 45% on average when you look at the idea of hiring someone who actually is qualified to do the amount of work that we do for our clients. So I tell people, um, and, you know, I'm an advocate for everything I teach. So if I'm not the best at doing something, I'm going to go and find the best because that whole idea that I've wasted several hours trying to get something done that I could have paid somebody for to get done in two hours and not wasted all my time doing it is huge to me. So it's really, you know, I drink the tea. I try to teach other people to drink the tea of it's okay to actually pay somebody to get the work done right. Um, And that whole idea, I think, with the downturn of the economy, people lost so much of the idea of what it means to be productive 
and what it means to have someone help you. It's also bringing that idea back into the world. I can't even say just the workforce or just Georgia or the U.S. It's bringing it back to the world, the idea that people can help you get done what you need to get done and you don't have to do it all yourself. Booking on Delta seems really easy, but how much time do you spend actually looking for the right flight at the right right time at the right cost versus someone can just get it done for you? Right. And check back in a day because I'm not sure. I'm not really ready to book it right, right now. Right, <laughs> right. Like we know what days the price, the flights are the cheapest because we look at them all the time. So <laughs> we can get that done. That's awesome. So anything that we need to cover that we haven't gotten out there? I'd, I'd like to talk about here. growth. You guys right. are both growing your businesses. What's been the biggest challenge to, to grow in your business? I would say... Cash flow. I think that's a lot of small business issues because the more you grow, the more you have to buy and the more you have to spend. So if the cash flow isn't coming in as quickly as you need it to, it can cause a problem. And then um, sometimes we've had issues with not taking on clients too large because we don't want to grow ourselves away. Right. Um, because when you're dealing on a larger client base, when, when I mean you're getting into the multi-billion dollar companies or let's say you want to you win a contract with the government, it's large. You have one time to show that you can do what you can do. If you mess up in any way, shape or form, yeah. just forget it, yeah. especially with the mun- municipalities, governments, if you even think about it. It's, it's done for you. So I would say that it's the growth factor in terms of cash flow. We want to make sure that if we're going to go for it, you know, go big or go home, that, that the money is there. You, you want to make sure because ordering, you know, a thousand gallons is not the same as ordering a million. <laughs> not at all. And if you want to take three months to pay a million gallons worth of fuel, well, mm, the day over those terms, yeah. I'm done. So I would say that's the biggest challenge. And then the ebbs and flows, you know, um, we have great moments and then we have bad moments. And because I'm in fueling and I deal with a lot of construction, if we have bad weather. Slows down. I slow down. Yeah. If we have great weather, great. It's fantastic. <laughs> Everybody's loving each other and loving me and I love them. <laughs> but um, I would say that that is the hardest. But the, the great thing is that programs like Now Account are allowing um, us to be more aggressive. They have increased their credit lines for us, which I know was a big deal before there was a cutoff, and now they're even allowing more money to for us to utilize. So I would say coupled with them, it's been great. And I'm, I'm just going to keep growing very smart. Not too harsh. I don't want to grow too fast. Um, just smarter. And I've been able to do that with Now Account. That's great. Yeah, I would say that smart growth... Um and realizing that every client's not the right client. I feel like sometimes when you're in startup mode, it's like, everybody's a client. You need to be a client. Um, and part of that is the cash flow piece. Like, you need the right client, and this client can't pay you right now. So you end up taking on clients that it's like, eh, okay, I'll try to make this fit. And I mean, we're both in service-related right. industries, and that service goes both ways. I mean, I've had um, 
people who kind of feel like, oh, well, the help is the help and I can treat them any which way. And I'm like, well, that's not how I treat my team. So, no, we, we don't <laughs> do that right. around yeah, here. So, here. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's why we also changed it to productivity partner because it's a partnership. So I think it's going through that ebb and flow. Um, I think it's as a startup not having a meltdown the first time you have two clients drop out in the same month. I <laughs> think it's, um, you know, it's the little things yeah. in life, but it's knowing and being willing um, to wait for the right client. It's also, I think part of being a female is looking at how you're building your cash flow and looking at, you know, do you take on investors and what does that look like? Are you funding yourself? Um, I mean, it's very well known that females, especially diverse females can have a harder time getting funding. So how do you look at things like now accounts to help fund the cash flow of your business, but also how do you get comfortable you know, planning out how much revenue or money that you need to be taking in from investors and how do you go about asking for that money? Um, because nobody talks about the actual cost involved and in even getting to the first round of funding or right. how you're going to advance past that. So most people are like, oh, you know, I got $20,000. Let's just make this happen. And I'm like, if you're in a service based or, you know, you have a lot of cash flow going back and forth. You really need to look at how am I going to make the first $250,000 right. happen? <laughs> exactly. yeah. So that's the things that people don't talk about and think about. And that's why people get client desperate. And that's, yeah. you know, all these things create a trickle effect. So how do you protect yourself um, and take time for yourself and I always tell female entrepreneurs, what's your level setter? So instead of before when you used to take yourself to the spa, like when I was in corporate America, I was like, oh yeah, spa day, help reset. Um, what are you doing now for yourself that's free? That helps you reset <laughs> free, free, free being the keyword. Going for a walk. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Just going to open up these blinds. That's yes. right. That's what we're out the window for 10 yeah. minutes. It's cheap. <laughs> so tell folks how they can get in touch with each of your businesses. Perfect. So um, mine, you can feel free to email us at info at uniquelyvirtual.com. Um, it's a great way to get in touch with us. You can also call our offices or go to our website, which is just uniquelyvirtual.com. Um, the office number is 404-990-3959. One of my team members will answer the phone for you. If you call during business hours, <laughs> always a live voice on the phone. Um, so feel free to contact us whichever way works best for you. Awesome. Okay, you can reach us at www.krgoilcompany.com. That is spelled out. Or you can give us a call at 678-771-3058. And if you are listening to the podcast, you've not done so already, in the upper left-hand corner of the page, you'll find the Apple logo. That'll take you to the iTunes store, to the Midtown Business Radio Show podcast. Subscribe to us so that every week you have the newest episode downloaded straight to your device. You'll meet some cool new inter uh, entrepreneurs from the Atlanta area and beyond, as well as just business leaders who can help you run your business more effectively, more profitably. And if you have... After hearing these business folks talk about how the, the Now Account Solution has helped their businesses, you can also get information about how it can help your business through the show page as well. If you look over on the left-hand side, down there, um, lower left-hand side, there's a banner there that will take you over to a great piece of information about Now Account. Um, there's no credit checks involved with nope. getting your business signed up. It's just a couple of quick, easy questions about the business, and they can quickly tell you uh, if the solution makes sense for your particular business. I do know that it has to be a company that it serves the business community as a B2B type operation, but uh, it's certainly, uh, I've met now countless uh, business leaders who have come through and it's helped their business in a number of different ways. So uh, these two ladies today have certainly been no uh, no different. I really appreciate the opportunity to get to meet you. Cool businesses that that uh, that you were sharing about today. And Archie, thanks for taking some time to join us as well. Pleasure was all mine.
by. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to our guests. Well, for all the folks who made us a part of their day today, we really want to say thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Your time is important to us. Make us an appointment to see us same time, same place next week. We'll see you then. 